This episode of The Gym, the performance podcast, actually was recorded a few years ago with my buddy Dave Bray as we discuss training when you're sick. Enjoy. Let's go! Three, two, one! We are live. Welcome to another episode of Functional Fundamentals. I'm Dave. And you're with Michael, me, live. <laughs> live. Live. We're live. This is absolutely live. So. <laughs> yeah, never mind that you had to download it. Um, no, but it's live. So if you need to talk to us, go ahead and hit us up. Yeah. Because it's live. You're live. Uh, Mike's a bit of a jerk as far as answering his phone. So he may de- there may be a delay, but it's still live. It's like, we just got our first text from one of our listeners. Um, yes, the question is, is Dave really a dick? Yes, he is. <laughs> Absolutely. That is, that, that, that's a question that doesn't have to be asked. Um, so today we're going to talk about um, training when you're sick and kind of um, limitations as, as well. Like, because it kind of goes hand in hand, mm-hmm. especially because we had an interesting discussion, uh, kind of mid-workout with limitations and, and what I was going through. Because I have been sick. I was sick last week and didn't work out. Uh, took that time off, and I thought I was going to be fine when I came in today. Like I felt good. I was excited. Um, the workout was very straightforward. A lot of the movement patterns that I'm used to, push-ups, pull-ups, dips, stuff like that. Um, nothing with real heavy weight, no, no uh, like heart attack stuff. Um, but after the first set, I found myself drenched in sweat. And um, <laughs> probably like midway through the second one, my body just kind of quit. Like I was still moving, but... It absolutely did not want to. I mean, Mike, you can probably explain what you saw a little better than yes. what I felt. Well, this is—I mean, this is actually a good topic because in November, you know, they always come out with the—I like, don't know—the health department always comes out saying that 70% of the people typically get sick and that are going to get sick will get sick in November. Right. Because you know the weather starts to change, and us in Ohio, it was warm and dramatically drops, so we get sick pretty quickly. Plus, you're just always around sick people, you know, especially the offices where people are coughing and hacking up lungs. Yeah, and I can attest to that. All that stuff. But what I saw for you today, which I knew there was an issue, was normally when someone works out, they get they get more color pigment. They get red. They get they sweat more. Normally, you're drenched in sweat. Today was you stopped sweating. You got whiter. <laughs> And it looked like you just, everything you did was just very slow. Nothing, you didn't have any kind of gusto with anything you did today. And I could tell that your body was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And your mind kept saying, okay, let's keep going. But your body's like, mm-mm, we're done. Yeah. So I kind of, I knew we had to pull it back when I looked at you and your face was just, there was no color change. You just were pale. I'm like, okay, we, we've reached our limit where we have to pull back because anything further, you're going to just kill over. But people always ask me all the time, I can't work out because I'm sick, or should I work out because I'm sick, or I work out when I'm sick because it makes me feel better. Yeah, and I've, ha- I've, I've kind of attested that, like, 
I've worked out when I'm sick and felt better. I've worked out when I'm sick and felt worse. It's what kind of sickness do you have? Right. If it's a respiratory sickness, normally working out won't help it because again, it's a respiratory infection or sickness, which means it's basically causing a defunction or deficiency in the way we breathe and take in oxygen. Yeah. When we work out, we need to be able to breathe and take in oxygen. But if you if you have that, yeah, like that drip, that that post nasal drip or whatever, I, I think that's what it's referred to. Uh huh. Um, so your respiratory system has kind of fluid in it essentially, and it's going to be inflamed. And then you're asking it to work, it's going to get more inflamed, and you're going to have asthma-like systems uh, mm -hmm. symptoms. Well, it'd be almost be like driving a car with crud in the gas tank uh, uh, yeah that's a great analogy so you know you're chugging along and yeah you can you can work it i mean you can drive the car but you're getting stuck you're getting crud in the engine mm -hmm. and it's just gonna make funny noises and it's gonna it's gonna shake it's gonna shim it's not gonna be as performance as it possibly can until you clean out the system that's the typical way it is now if you have a head cold working out sometimes can make it better and the reason is because it's the increased blood flow yeah, it clears your sinuses mm -hmm. and just makes you, yeah, I've, that's what I've experienced. When I was sick, mine was kind of a, I mean, I'm not sick right now, but last week it was a little bit of a mixture of both. Yes. Like there was definitely the head cold, but I have a tendency to develop upper respiratory infections for some reason. Some people me. just have it that. Just, I've always been prone to them and it's just, it is what it is mm -hmm. as far as that. So I thought because the head cold symptoms were more prominent that I'd be fine today. And <laughs> I mean, again, I, on the mental side, I, I didn't want to quit. I didn't feel like I should quit. Um, and I mean, so there was five sets and I, I was able to do four. Mm -hmm. So it's still not terrible, but it should have been a 30 minute workout and I mean, it took quite a while. Yeah, it did. Because again, you couldn't breathe. Yeah. You couldn't. After every everything I did, even like the like squats, I'm not breathing heavy during squats. I'm I'm not moving really fast. But afterwards, I had to just kind of rest mm -hmm. there. A lot of it has to. You do have some respiratory things going on because that can take that can take up to you know ten days before it kind of mm -hmm. really gets out of your system. So you're trying to breathe and you're trying to do these these workouts or this exercise that puts a lot of strain on the body itself. So your body needs that that oxygen, the blood flow. Well, you're not bringing an oxygen very well, so your body has to overwork because it's it's almost like it's overheating. Yeah, and that's, well, that's why kind of what happened with that first set. Yeah, is I was just drenched, mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm not. Like, I shouldn't be this sweaty for the amount of work I put in. And then second, third, I, we look up and we see that I'm, I'm You're not, not sweating. I can't sweat. I, it's, it's like my body refused to be pushed to that point. It's mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. We're, okay, we'll move, but it's going to be slow. And you're going to take all these breaks. And you're not, you're not going to sweat because it, it well, like, like uh, on the, the last uh, – podcast Brad talks about um, your your body regulates it everything has to be in proportion and everything like that mm -hmm. I was trying to push past and this is where we get into the whole limits limitations so there's a point in which it's good to be uncomfortable and push your limits but what we were talking about today like I used to when we first started 
I had these mental blocks that I, I couldn't push myself um, to my potential. And we were able to identify that. We were able to get past a lot of them. Um, so now I am able to push myself. But the scary part is, like, when I come in and I'm sick, I want to push myself, but this is where I rely on you as my coach, this relationship that we've built up since April, like, for months and months. Well, right. we've known each other for years, but just this one-on-one -on -one strength and conditioning relationship that we've built out for months, um, I have to rely on you to tell me when. Because my, I mean, you said, hey, this is our last set. And my first reaction was, no, no, no. Like, I can do more. <laughs> and you're just like, no, no, no. You will not. Because there, there the, there's that fine line of working too hard. There's a fine line of working harder, working smarter. And I've, like I told you, same instance. And I should, be, I should be grateful for the fact that I have so many athletes that when I tell them we're done, they're like, no, I want to keep going. I'm like, well, no, you're, you're done. Because... Our body will tell us when we're done. When your form breaks, when you get, you get your dilation in your eyes, you stop sweating, you get real pale, our body will say you're done. So when I tell you you're done and you say you want to keep going, that's actually a good thing because it means mentally you're getting stronger. But it just, it, your body said, I can't do this anymore. Like again, we had a kid that did a deadlift. He pulled it, did a good, had a good lift, pulled it again, not a good lift. He actually failed the lift, so he's done. And he's like, well, no, I'm fine. I didn't get hurt. I want to keep going. Well, no, you're done. That's my rule. If you fail a lift and a deadlift, you're done. That's, that's, it's a safety thing, especially when you're using a lot of weight. And it goes back to the same thing. Is when we're sick, we have to gauge ourselves first. You just can't go out and be like, oh, I'm sick. I've been snuffly. I'm going to just go ahead and just hit a 1,000-meter row PR and let me go deadlift PR today. That's, <laughs> that's probably not the smartest thing. Mm -hmm. What you should do is you should have a good warm-up, a really good warm-up, almost like do the warm-up twice. See how you're feeling. Do you, do you, are you out of breath? Do you feel more motivated? Do you feel less motivated? Take a gauge. Figure out where you are. And then go from the steps in there. But again, if you're not 100%, you should never do a PR for one. Right. And I see people do all the time. Like, well, I'm going to do my PR today. And they're like, but I'm a little under the weather, so I'm going to try the best I can. No. Just take, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Your, your personal <laughs> records are meant to be achieved when you're at your best. Yes. You Don't attempt them when you know you're less than that. Again, you're going to have an opportunity to PR again. It's not like it goes away. It's like, well, yeah. if, I, if I don't do it on this date, it's all over. I can't do it yeah, anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, it's not. I mean. It doesn't work like that. You no. Know, again, people are, and the funny thing is people are so keen to take off. Like, they get the first sniffle or first cough. I'm, I don't work. I don't get people sick. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go hit the gym. Like, right. <laughs> that's worse. That's where, that's, I can tell you, like, that's where a lot of people get sick. Yes. From. Because uh, at work, you're, you're not interacting with as many people. When you go to the gym, you're using a piece of equipment that someone else was coughing on. And you sweat all over yeah. it. And it's so much easier to transmit something via like, just bodily fluid. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm surprised. And the funny thing is, like, I worked, I worked in a hospital before. And you're thinking, why don't, why don't I ever get sick working in a hospital? I'm around all these diseases and all this stuff all over the place. But I think some people just get you know, all that stuff mixes together and they get stronger or something. I don't know. Yeah, genetics come into play. There's a bunch of But stuff. It, it's funny, like, well, I'm going to go work out because I think it's going to make me feel better. Well, it could, but there's other things I could do as well. And the reason why a lot of times we feel better after we work out is because of the the increased um, hormones that happen, the, mm -hmm. the, the neurotransmitters that occur, the fact that we sweat, you know, the increased blood flow. We can get that by doing a steam shower. Yeah, I was going to say, 
because I've done that where I have worked out and I felt good immediately afterwards, but then about two hours later, I feel so much worse mm -hmm. than I felt before I worked out. Because yeah, your body's drained? Yeah, I depleted my stores, my stores that my body was trying so hard to latch onto. And I said, nope, we're going to use this for something other than recovering. Mm -hmm. And see, Brad, if you're here to contest to it, is working out's not bad, but it's what you do after your workout. What do you consume food-wise? What do you do for meditation? Stuff like that. Because again, mm -hmm. anytime we work out, we've put strain on the body. Yeah. So if we're already sick, our body's slightly under strain or under stress. Now let's go ahead and put more strain and stress on that body and see how we're going to feel. Like you said, you felt better. A lot of that dude because you increased testosterone, you increased hormones. All those positive hormones and, test and all those other things that occur when you work out happen to you. Yeah. That's why you felt better. But then once you kind of went back to your normal levels, you felt more miserable because mm -hmm. you, you're sick. So it's, it's the idea is we kind of flush our system when we work out for a head cold, not necessarily a respiratory, res respiratory cold. We flush our system out, and then we have to get that baseline back by filtering ourselves or fil fueling ourselves with good foods, yeah. good water, good drinks, Resting. whatever it may be. Yeah, rest. Yeah, because I mean, you need to you when you're sick, you need to hydrate more, mm -hmm. and you should be eating the, the more nutritious food. You want to retain that water as well, so maybe you up your sodium a little bit. A lot of people eat soup, and if you look at canned soup or really any soup, it has a lot of sodium because it's, it's gonna allow you to retain that water and use it. Well, when people, like, when animals, let's get animals, when animals are sick, what do they do? They try to throw up. Yeah. Like with dogs, they'll eat grass to throw mm -hmm. up. When we're sick, we don't eat. Yeah. Because if you think about it, the same thing when we work out, our blood is rushed to our muscles to work out. When we eat, our blood will go to our stomach to, to break the food. the food. So we're taking blood away from what we're trying to fight. And that's why a lot of people think like, oh, feed the cold or starve the cold. Well, yeah, starve it, don't feed it. Right. The idea is we want to do things, but we also, like animals, they, they crawl, they get in a fetal position and they just rest. Yeah. They don't eat, they try, they try to get their system, they try to clean their system out. And that's one reason why I think soup helps. Like you said, it increases our sodium, but it's liquid. Yeah. Our body really doesn't need to die. A lot easier to get rid of it. Like, um, because you're, if, like, if you ever drank a lot of cold water and it slushes around in your stomach, it will stay there longer than room temperature water mm -hmm. because your body has to heat up. Your body has to, you're talking about, send blood to your stomach, heat it up, and then to be able to digest it. Right. So if you're drinking hot soup, it's already hot. Yeah. It's already liquid. There's not much to... It, it goes through your system and your yeah. body like absorbs it pretty easily. Mm -hmm. But I always... Think about when people get sick. One thing I tell them is take a hot shower, sweat it out, because mm -hmm. it's the same thing, and you're not putting a lot of stress on the body. Huh. You're just sweating. You're getting the good. same results as you would if you worked out. Mm -hmm. You know the after effect of the sweat and kind of open up the pores and stuff like hot that. Shower, and yep. sauna, Epsom salt bath. Yep, do stuff like that. That will be more efficient mm -hmm. because again, when we work out, we're putting stress and strains on our body, which. Yes, it, it can be good in some cases, and I'm glad if it, for some people if it helps, great. But if you really want to work out, I always tell people, if you're sick, work out later in the day than you normally would. So basically, you work out, you eat something healthy, you go home, you shower, go to bed. Yeah. Because your body's tired, so just go to bed so it doesn't you don't get that flare Yeah, especially out. if you're one of those people that like to work out before you start your day. Yeah. You're risking it. Because you're, you're already putting a strain on your immune system, mm -hmm. and then you go out for the day, and all it, does is, all it takes is your body just to kind of hit that 
one little mm-hmm. bump or lapse and you're like, you start getting a headache and uncomfortable because your body's beaten down. So you don't have time, you can't rest. All you wanna do is sleep, but you can't because you're at work. So I would suggest get up in the morning, take a nice hot shower or an Epsom shower, whatever, have something warm. Don't eat anything really solid. Have something warm like a tea or a coffee. Go to work, muster through it the best you can, work out, eat, go home, go to bed. Yeah. Or just don't do anything and just work out. Yeah, and, and that's go back if you to have to. That's if you absolutely have to. Right. And it's not saying that you have to always just kind of like muscle through when you're sick. I mean, you know your body better than anyone. Mm-hmm. So you know if, you, if you're capable of that. And we're talking hypothetically if you really feel like you're okay to work out. We test those waters. Um, and even like that being said, that's, that's working out while you're sick. I'm not sick today, but I was still experiencing the lingering, just kind of lack of endurance. You had the sickness. Yeah, <laughs> the, the bad kind. So um, you need to kind of be careful as well. Like you can't just jump back in. Mm-mm. Like, I, I mean, t- today I tried and it, it, it wasn't as difficult as some of the other workouts. So you kind of, you had that in mind and we kind of both uh, underestimated how depleted I was. Yeah, how bad were you really? Mm-hmm. And it shows that your body was just, it hasn't completely recovered yet. And that's, it's okay. So I just need some more time. I'll take yeah. some more time to, you know, make sure I'm, I'm, I'm eating the right things to uh, fill my stores. I'm getting the rest I need and I'm just kind of relaxing. And then next week, we'll go back into it. We'll test the waters. We'll do a nice, good warm up. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move on with the workout. I mean, I mean, the reality is you just can't jump back in. No. As much as you want to, as much as you say you don't have the time, the the time to be um, like on the bench. Sometimes you got to take that. Yeah, and it's okay. It's not. It would actually hurt you more to rush rush back in being ill than it would be to do the proper rehab, do the proper maintenance, and make sure your body's functioning well. Again, yeah, I mean, you have that experience with uh, um, PT, with yes. physical therapy. How many, mm-hmm. how many people had tried to rush and would hurt themselves worse? Well, most of them would be like, well, yeah, I felt good, so I went ahead and took my boot off and I went for a run. I'm like, Did we tell you to take your You're supposed to be not boot for six weeks, buddy. Yeah. And it's been due. Well, it felt good. <laughs> it, of course it felt good. Of course it felt better than when, you know, like prior to the surgery yeah. or prior to the accident. Like, and then they go backwards and they got, we have to start all over again. Yeah. You don't rush it. That's the thing is when we, 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 we weren't, we're in a go, go, go place, but say, okay, let's, let's take someone that's sick. They're like, well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to miss any days of workouts. I'm going to go work out. So they go work out, and they put a num- They just do a hellacious workout. So they put a number on themselves. They de- depleted a bunch of their systems. Their body is beat down. So now they're like, okay, I'm beat down. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And now they realize, well, my immune system is beaten down too, but nah, who cares? Let's just go after it. Then all of a sudden they go from a head cold or a chest cold to pneumonia. Exactly. Or a severe flu. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be smart. Again, if you have a little bit of a headache, okay, you can try to work out. If you have a little bit of a chest cold, okay, you can do some things. But if, if you don't want to get out of bed, don't get out of bed. Just yeah, listen to your body. Listen to your body. I mean, there, I mean, my body was giving me obvious signs today. Yes. I was personally trying to ignore them. 
luckily I had someone that I trust and confide in that could say, no, <laughs> you're going to listen to your body. I'm tired of you looking like a ghost. You're yes. already white. You're like you're about to be invisible. You're about to be translucent. <laughs> you're going to turn into powder. <laughs> it was an awful movie, by the way. You want to run out into a field and disappear into the air? Now that would be something. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's just we, we're so caught up on like, well, if I miss a day, I'm going to screw up. If I do this, I'm going to screw up. I can't go backwards. Yeah. I can go forward. Nobody wants to take any downtime. No, and but you got to be smart about absolutely it. Absolutely necessary. We talked about those four pillars that you need. Mm-hmm. And working out is only one of them. You need your nutrition, you need your rest, and you need your mental state. A little three things. Because then, it's like a chair. Oh, I have really one. I have, <laughs> how funny would that be? I have we a have, metal ooh, chair ooh. leg. I have a titanium metal chair leg, but the others are made out of styrofoam. Or just one, like one, one chair leg that's just like four times the size of the rest of them. Yeah. And the rest of them are like itty bitty tiny. Yep. So when you sit, you got to lean to that one. Uh-huh. Side. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Doesn't really work that way, but that would be kind of incredible mm-hmm. to see. And again, and guys, he's true. In a chair leg, all four chair legs are the same size. So we need to take the same aspect for to each. So 25% of our, men, our, of our day should be based upon making sure our body moves well. So that's our rehab, our mobility. 25% should be based on making sure we eat correctly to fuel it to the best efficiency we possibly can. Mm-hmm. The other 25% should be make sure we can actually lift and move and have power and torque and strength. Yeah. Pushing our limits, testing our, our physical limits. And the other 25% is making sure our mind is clear and is decluttered of all Absolutely. negative stresses. Make sure you have a, 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 your bucket or your cup ready to receive. Yes. Because, again, if you don't, you're going to be poking holes in that thing and you're just going to drain all that, that positive fluid out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But most people don't do that. They're like, oh, I'm sick. So if I'm sick, what's going to affect me most? Well, mentally, it's going to screw us up a little bit. Yeah. Nutrition, we're not going to want to consume anything, so that's going to screw us up. But we can still make sure we do our mobility. We can have that to the top gear of it to think. And yes, our strength training may be a little weakened out because we, we can't have the other pillars working efficiently. And that's what we don't get. Like, well, I'm sick, I'm still fine. Well, no, you're sick, so you're not, all four of your pillars are gonna suffer. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, your body's beat up. So you need to basically take it to the body, out of body shop. You know, you need to get yeah, fixed. Yeah, it down. But, and, I, and I, in my profession, I see a lot of people that they, they speak a good game, Oh yeah, I do this, I do that, I do this, and then when it gets to the nitty gritty, they don't have the four pillars. They don't even know what the four pillars are. Right. They're like, mm, well, you know, I, I work out every day. That, uh, that's I take, take I my supplements. Oh, I work out six, seven days a week. Yeah. Okay. Well, how do you eat? How do you rest? Do you do your rehab? Do you do yeah. your mobility? Do what you kind mean? of mental state are you in? Uh, Obviously not a good one if you're trying to have a competition about the number of workouts. I know. People ask me, like, when do you work out? I work out when I can. Well, what does that mean? Exactly what I said. I work out when I can. Well, you don't have a schedule? I do have it in my calendar as a workout. And sometimes it'll come to that calendar, like, "Mm, I don't feel like working out today. So I won't do it. Listen to your body. You're like, you just don't do it? I'm like, I'm in a gym, you know, eight, ten hours a day coaching people. Sometimes I just want to leave. (laughs) I mean... Is that the most motivational thing for my people? Maybe not. But, but what about your mental state? Yes. And I get beat down. So what I'll do sometimes, I'll just put some headphones on and I'll go for a nice run. Or I'll just go for a nice long walk. Or I'll just do some calisthenics. I'll just do some things. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I don't work out and I don't train. But my job is, to be honest, I don't know how many people will agree with me or not. But I don't think you know a lot of my athletes care if I have a six-pack. 
or if I can deadlift 400 pounds, or if I can bench 200, or 250, or whatever it may be. Or, I don't think they really care. They just want to make sure they can do it to the best of their ability and know that I'm not full of BS. Yeah. I mean, does it really matter how I look? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, have... I, I know they don't want me to be, you know. Oh, I mean, I understand you don't want to. You never trust a skinny chef. You never trust a, a fat trainer. I, I yeah. get that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, the, the problem is that there there are those those trainers out there that like to use their own body as reason enough or motivation that you should listen to them. And it's like, uh, yeah. oh, okay, like you're big, you're you're buff, and. Uh, behind the scenes, you use a needle. Yes. No, I agree with that 100%. There's a lot of people here that that survive the industry, that survive in the industry because they're big and bulky. Like, well, yeah. I'm big and bulky. I'm a great poster child. Well, that's great. But some of the best poster childs, when you see them with their shirt on, like, oh, that guy, he's in decent shape. Then they take their shirt off or she takes her shirt off and they're like, whoa. Yeah. They're in great shape. Lean, athletic build. Yes. And they're able to perform well. And Not that's the key. Just looking well performing well it's the key they perform well but so many people are so stuck on the aesthetics of like well i look good so i must know what i'm talking about mm, yeah, maybe you, not you see them out there on the beach and they're the ones just walking up and down it because they can't exert themselves but then you see that guy that just an average looking dude jump jumping above the volleyball net just killing it yeah he, he you're like wow that is a well mach like oiled machine mm -hmm. that looks like it's a mac truck that's just barely moving yep. and then you have this sports car Yep. I mean, that's a good way to look at it. You look at a Mack truck, it's huge, you know, 18-wheeler, 10-wheeler car. It's intimidating. And it can get a lot of stuff done. But then you go next to the sport car, I'm like, wow, that is sexy. It's not big, but it moves well. Yeah. So what do you want to be? You want to be a big old Mack truck that's just intimidating, that, you know, coming down the street, everybody can takes, see it, everybody takes, knows it. Takes time to warm up. You got to take a bunch of pre-workout. <laughs> <laughs> you got to cool yourself down. Yeah. Take the pre-workout, go use the bathroom, then you can find, then you're ready. <laughs> 25 minutes you're ready 45 minutes later after you get to the gym to work out yeah but then you got that other car yeah you just, you just turn the key it's ready it, it's like boom boom ready to go mm -hmm. and there's there's a great um <laughs> therapist that i have a lot of respect for he lives in uh, san francisco uh dr Sturette, and he basically said you know humans are animals i mean duh we're, we're animals we're part of the animal kingdom we're the only humans that need to warm up to do something. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you look at other animals, it's like like the, the leopard, the cheetah, the lion. Yeah, you the see them stretching. They're, they're, yeah. You don't see a lion stretching. Like, hold on, hold on. Like, hold on, gazelle. I got to stretch out my hold hind on, quarters real quick because they yeah. get out to you. Just, they, they act and react mm -hmm. immediately. They, they, that's what they do. They act and react. They just go. We're the only species that need to rest. Or not rest, but I'm saying we need to warm up before yeah. we go. And a lot of it has to do with because we're not functional. But there are some athletes, there are some humans, there are some species out there, I'm talking about human species, that can just wake and go. Again, when you're in jiu-jitsu, yeah, you do your little warm-up and stuff like that, but there's, there's times where you get caught off guard and your body goes a different direction that you weren't prepared for, but your body can sustain it because you're in better shape than most. You take some of these bodybuilder types or the guys that are all stuck on the, the aesthetics, they step off the curb wrong, they're going to snap their leg in half. Yeah. And it's funny, like those guys, when they come to jujitsu, they typically kind of just lay there because mm -hmm. they don't know what to do. They can't react. They don't have that timing. Their body can't adapt. And I mean, some of it comes, a lot of it comes with like skill, but my body also needs to be in shape to 
react um, and utilize that skill accordingly. Because yeah, you can have like higher level jujitsu competitors and or non-competitors really, they're out of shape and they try to react. They they try to just kind of go in autopilot mode and they get hurt. Mm -hmm. So well, let's look at it this way. I mean, there's a lot of athletes that get injured from quick reaction. They can't they can't react quick enough. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about before, like RG three is the one we always throw out there. Which yeah. sorry, but you, you snapped your leg in half by not getting touched. It was reaction. His leg snapped. And we looked at his video of his uh, vertical leap. Yeah, that's just scary. He, so he had, we know he had bad mobility. He had a huge valgus with his knees going in. He looked like a girl trying to hold her pee. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's it's funny that that's the truth. It kind of does look like that. That's the, that's the only thing I can, that's a, every time I see that picture, that's what I think. Like, oh, he's about to pee. Yeah. He has to, he has to hold it in. And he was a phenomenal athlete. He could go on a dime. He could just start and go real quick. But... Someone that, had, that lacks mobility, he had great strength and great genetics, but someone that lacks mobility, and again, he wasn't a big guy. I mean, no. he, was, he was fit, he wasn't huge, he wasn't a big bodybuilder type, but someone that lacks mobility lacks reaction. And that's why we do mobility. And I don't know how true this is, some people are probably going to say you're wrong and full of it, but I, I believe that someone's ability to have good ankle mobility, you know, be able to have a loose Achilles tendon, have good full range of motion, doesn't have a problem with the tibialis anterior. They can roll their ankle, like you before, like you step and you roll your ankle real quick, like you stop and you hold, recover. and you're like, oh, ah, you had that little jolt, but you're like, oh, okay, I'm good to go. Yeah. Some people roll their ankle, and they're done. Yeah. And I believe a lot of it has to do with the laxicity in the tendons and the ligaments in the ankle, but that's allowed to happen due to the mobility in the ankle. Yeah, The absolutely. muscles are, can react mm -hmm. very quickly. And I, I believe that has a lot to do with someone that's, that's fit and mobile, is the, their ability to react translate to the ability of them to be able to have good mobility in the joint because if I turn real quick so I'm say I'm I don't know being chased or I'm playing football or whatever it may be and I, I make a quick cut my knee turns and I don't cut very well but my ankle my knee my, all that stuff turns really quickly with me if I didn't have good mobility in my knee but I had my ankle well my ankle turned but my knee didn't turn so far so well but I had a lot of strength and torque through my upper body well, that's all going through my knee that has no mobility. Yeah. There goes my knee. Something's being pulled, snapped, torn. Mm -hmm. So we talk about reaction when, when we talk about how there's a difference between being fit and being aesthetically pleasing and being healthy and all that kind of stuff. But now let's take be, with reaction time being sick. One of the first things we realize when we're sick is we're almost like a zombie. Yeah, absolutely. We're, 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 we move very, very slow. Mm -hmm. You know, just you have, like there's this that cloudiness in your head. Yes. That's the only way I can really explain it. Mm -hmm. And you're just you're you're not reacting quick. Uh, your friends are asking you what's wrong because they just asked you a question 30 seconds ago, and you're just and you're still over. just kind of sitting there like processing it. So if if you can't even react verbally, how do you think you're going to react physically? And that's it right there. So that's the whole idea about being self-aware of yourself. If you if you don't if you feel achy, if you feel sick under the weather, but you still have decent reactions, then it's probably okay to work out. Mm -hmm. But if you you lose your ability to react quickly, that's probably not the best time to train. Yeah, but yeah, there's just I see so the many time. movements. If you're yeah. not on point with so your reaction, many. I mean, really, just walking down the sidewalk, and if your reaction time's off, I mean. You could fall. Great example. I was walking, um, went to the game last night. So we're walking through the streets of Columbus. Sports game? The sports game. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> and there was a gap in the the sidewalk. You know, it just once one slab of the concrete was slightly elevated gotcha. than the other, and it wasn't meant to be that way. It just had that, and probably a tree grew through. So I'm walking, I'm talking to my wife, and then I step. First foot steps fine, second foot steps, and it, it was a gap, and I didn't see it. Hyperextend my knee, and I was like, "Oh, ow!" It was just one of those quick little right. jolts, and then kept on walking. And then again, I'm walking down the street again, and there's a bunch of people. And I step, and I step halfway on a curb, and whoop, roll the ankle. Ah, fine, again, and just kept on walking. Two incidences, not very proud about it. One on my left ankle, one on my right knee. And I have no pain, no issue today. And a lot of that has to do with the fact I was I, – I really believe that my ankle could react to that improper yeah, that movement mobility. or whatever because I had good mobility. I mean I've seen people before. They'll take a step and it's not even – they'll step on a stone or a pebble and their ankle will roll and the whole body will tumble over mm -hmm. because they don't have the mobility in the joint to do that and come right back into, the, into a nice normal gait position. And when we train, people are like, well, you know, why do I need to react when I'm training? And I hear that all the time because I always tell everybody, if you don't have good reaction time, take a day off. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, well, the whole idea of working and working out, working out is we're expending energy. You know, we're literally doing something to expel energy. So we're using what we have inside of us. Mm -hmm. Working in is the opposite. We try to take in energy, whether that be eating, resting, sleeping, reading, whatever it may be, to bring us more energy to ourselves. Yeah. If we can't react well, whatever may, whatever in situation, verbally or physically, then we need to bring more energy to ourselves because yes. if we're if we have trouble reacting and we try to expel more energy, there's a better chance of getting injured. And again, going back to the whole thing, someone says, "Well, why do I need to react to the gym if I'm just working out?" Well, some idiot cuts cuts you off in the gym. Somebody drops a weight. You drop a weight. You step funny. There's so many things that can happen. Yeah. And if you really just break your, down your, forms your day, off for a second. Yeah, your forms off for a second, and you well, don't like recreate today, it. Like we, I was squatting, and my my form was slightly off. I mean. I, I was able to, to, to fix it, mm -hmm. but if my reaction time was worse or, or poor, um, I could have just fallen over yep. during a squat. All that, all that weight would have gone on my right knee, and I don't know what would have happened. See, and that's the thing. People are like, well, I'll be fine. Well, you'll be fine until you get hurt. Exactly. And honestly, I'd like to take someone – it would be very hard to do this, but how many times through a day that your reaction saved you from getting hurt? Just your reactions period saved you. Yeah. I mean, we don't even think about it. I thought of two incidences right there. I'm sure there were several more. Yeah. Like, I always hear the one where people were walking down or walking down their steps, and they slip a step real quick. And I'm like, oh, yep. That happens to me more often than I like to admit. Right. Like, I'm – and it, it, we might get into it a little bit, but as far as, like, some people are naturally clumsier than mm -hmm. others. Okay, maybe, maybe not. Maybe they just have – a poor reaction time. So that just appears... Okay, I get what you're saying. So they suffer the more extreme consequences of that clumsiness. Maybe everybody's exactly... This, I mean, I know this isn't true, but take two people that are equally clumsy, equally... Like, they bump into stuff, and but one has better reaction time. So they're able to fix those mistakes, minimize them, minimize the damage, the consequences, and the other suffers the extreme version of it. So I'm walking down the stairs... And I slip, but I grab the rail real quick, catch myself, keep going. Brad, because he's not here, he's walking down the stairs. He slips, reaches for the rail, but falls, hits his tailbone, chips it. Yeah, that's a bad pain. But uh, two, one example. Right. But we see that all the time. I mean, we see someone stumble. We see someone fall. 
And we always talk about, oh, we got to be careful of old people because they'll fall and hurt themselves. Well, the reason why they fall and hurt themselves is because reaction time is lessened. Yeah. Because their muscular system is not as strong. Their mobility is not as strong. <clears throat> That's why. And you see kids, and, and, well, I'm not going to say it. Like I was going to say, I, I hate to say this, but no, I'm going to say it. Fat kids, they have poor reaction time because they're less, they're out of shape. Their, their center of gravity is all jacked up. I've seen it driving through the city through here during lunchtime, you see these fat kids stumbling across the street and I've seen several of them fall. Most of the kids just point and laugh, but it's the truth. Yeah. People that are in shape typically have better reaction time because their muscular system is better and their mobility is better. Yeah. But when you have that stress from the extra weight, extra tissue, mm -hmm. it's, it's gonna hold you back. And then we go back to typically people that are overweight, normally are sicker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the truth. Because someone that's sick is a, is a, I mean, just by looking at someone that's overweight is a vision of someone that's unhealthy. And when you're unhealthy, your immune system technically is working harder to bat out all these unhealthy things. And if we eat bad foods, we work out bad, we have, you know, high amounts of fat on our body, our, our stress on our body itself is increased. I mean, this is how I put it. And, and this is, this be very clear. We work out, we put stress in our body, okay? Then we rehab and our body gets stronger and stronger and stronger. But if we work out and then work out and work out, like work out, like say, all day long, don't rehab. Work out again all day long, don't rehab. Work out again. So basically, we get to that point, which I don't really like the term, but most people can get the word overtraining. Mm -hmm. I believe it's more under rehabbing more than overtraining. Right. But say we just, we under rehab for, say, six months. Oof. Right. That okay. sounds scary. Well, I've been there. Right. So we over we under rehab for six months. Hard. Our body will break down. We'll get sick. Mm -hmm. So we have basically high amounts of stress on our body without reducing it by doing proper rehab. Someone that's overweight is literally putting stresses on their body every day because the high blood pressure, the high amounts of fat, the high stresses on the body. So essentially, what they're doing is they're putting they're they're under rehabbing every day. Thus, they get sick. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it's the same thing. They, they don't have to go out and, and, and um, I mean, just them... Moving. Existing. I, it, it, in a, a, a state of rest is not actually a state of rest. Because your body's overworking. Your, your body's under that, that pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, generally, over uh, obese, overweight people tend to... Um, heat up. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, they sweat so much. Because I mean that, but that's a sign of your body working hard. And if you're sweating excessively just from resting, and it's not like the weather isn't indicating that you should be, mm -hmm. then that's a, that's a sign. And, and we're talking. I'm to clarify, like overweight, obese individuals. Not you took a BMI test and it says you're overweight. Right. Like this is you, an individual is diagnosed by their doctor with you know high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, and th that they are overweight and it poses health risks. And that's this why doctors like, want you to train. Yeah, this is not I have I don't have a six pack and I'm considered overweight. Like, and that's that's the reason why the doctors know that if you become more active and lose some of this fat, your body will be able to recover better. And that's all it is, because I mean think about it if. We're going to give you a 50-pound med ball, and you have to carry it everywhere you go all day long. You have to sleep with it, sit with it, carry it to work, carry it to the car, carry it to the grocery store, go to the, you know, carry it to the bathroom. 
You carry a 50-pound weight every day. Your body is going to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Absolutely. But you can't put it down if you're, over, if you're carrying that weight. But if I give you a 50-pound weight today, and the next week I give you a 45, and then a 40, and a 30, and work it way down, you can maintain that. And you actually will become healthier because what you're doing is you're, you're actually getting stronger. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we go from 50 to zero, and then we go back up to 50. This is easy. Yeah. Because we actually – not only did we increase – the muscular stress, but we repaired the muscular stresses to your body, thus making you stronger at the end result. When you're over, when you just carry something over and over again, and you don't give yourself proper rehab. You can never help. Again, it's like taking a car, driving as hard as you possibly can, parking it, and doing the same thing the next day mm-hmm. without doing any maintenance or rehab on it. You'd be good for a while, but eventually the car's gonna break down. Yeah, and this also applies. Um, we don't discuss it too much, but um, individuals who are uh, underweight, I, I don't know, like the best term. Yes, um, underweighted individuals because there there is a fine line between too too weighing too much and not weighing enough. Yeah, like your your body regulates itself. There's a natural state it wants to be in, and it's trying to be in. Mm-hmm. But may I, and it's not my specialty as, as far as like eating disorders and stuff like that. But if you're an underweight individual, you experience the same stuff <clears throat> because you don't have that same muscular system needed to support your body. Um, there's a lack of nutrition, extreme lack of nutrition yep. there. Um, I can't really elaborate on it because a lot of it's just me repeating what I've read. I, it would be better for us to have someone on uh, that specialized in that. Which we're going to do that. We have we have a lot of plans for the first of the year. Yeah, branch out. So that be so while we're focusing on uh, overweight, that's that's an example that uh, I'm familiar with. Mike's more familiar with, and we can talk on it more comfortably than uh, diving into the 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 other uh, way. Yeah, which I'm sure Brad probably deals with that a lot. With yeah, his that's industry. not to isolate anyone, no. but um, America has an obesity epidemic. So that's. It's, it's, it's in the spotlight a little more. Yes, and, and the sad thing is it's not like it's an outbreak of Ebola or some fictional yeah, it's, disease it's not that, that turns us into zombies It isn't something. something out of our control. No. It's an epidemic that's it. entirely in our control, it's, and that's yeah. the scary part. It's basically an epidemic of laziness, yeah. bottom line, because mm-hmm. we, have, we have all the education we need. We have all the knowledge. We have all the – the tools to make all of us healthy. We just decide not to. And I'll, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. Marketing plays a humongous role in misinformation. Oh, oh talk about the supplements that they pull out there. Yeah. Again, so we, I saw we supplements today have, talking about like, take this pill, make it thin. What? We have yeah. all of these great resources, but for every fantastic resource out there, there are 10 misleading ones. And but it goes back to being lazy. It's prioritizing. being lazy. Yeah, it, it, it is. You're, you're lazy with your education. Okay. We were talking about buying a, a new camcorder to do more videos with. Mm-hmm. What do we do? We researched it. Yeah. We, we go in step to make sure we're getting the best product Yeah, we I'm not going to wait for the next commercial to tell me that, like, this is the best. I'm like, well, let me, let me look into it. Let me see the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Let me compare it against what... I have as far as my expectations and the how we're going to apply this camcorder. If, if if 
we don't need a, a GoPro. Mm-mm. I'm not kayaking, jumping off waterfalls and stuff like that. Then it's not feasible. Not this year. We will next yeah. year. We're next, gonna, yeah. we're going to Hocking Hills to do that stuff. Yeah, I mean there are waterfalls, but uh, fun fact: I, there was a small waterfall that I fell off of in Hocking Hills. We're gonna do this. One. We're gonna do it again. And just record it. <laughs> I landed on my head. We'll record that too. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing is, I think a lot of it has to do with is. They, they see these things like, oh, I'll just take it. I'll just take it. I'll just take it. They don't do any of their own research. And I'm not big in the supplements. I'm not. Uh, but I do I take some supplemental products from one company that, you know, they're on it. I'll just say it. Right. Your, your, your protein powder? Yeah. I take some of their protein powder and some, little, some, of, some other things. But I did my research on it. I looked at them. I looked at all these other companies and, like, you know, the Avocare. And I'm like, okay, I need to take something that helps me just kind of gap it. I need a supplement throughout my day. Because the one thing I don't do well, which is I don't take care of myself as well as I take care of my athletes. What I mean by that is I make sure my athletes eat well. I make sure they lift well. I make sure they have mentally good status. And I make sure they do the rehab. They, when they see me, we go over all those things. But I'll see like six, seven athletes in a row. And I'll forget to eat. I'll forget to, to sit back for like two minutes and just close my eyes. I won't do that. And then all of a sudden, I can just start seeing my eyes glaze over in certain movements. I'm like, okay, me not taking care of myself is actually going to hurt one of my athletes. I got to be very keen right, on that. Yeah. So I, I need something I can drink or snack on when I'm training that's not obnoxious where I'm like digging food in my mouth. Yeah, it's easy to pack. It, yeah. You're right. It, it, it would be kind of obnoxious if you were training somebody and sitting there eating <laughs> a three-course meal yeah uh-huh. eating a steak they'd be like what are you doing don't worry right? about it so this is a nice like something that it, it, it fit along with what you needed it was mm-hmm. it was quick it's portable and it's not obnoxious yes plus i have a lot of athletes that say, hey i want i want some supplements what should i take I, most of the time i say just right now we're in off season for some most of my athletes actually all of them or all my athletes off season just like just eat normal and work out we will talk about supplementation during season because I know you won't be able to consume the right foods I need you to consume in season. So right now, just eat right. Yeah, because you have the time. Yes. But when your schedule gets a little more packed, that's when you supplement. Mm-hmm. You don't rely on any of them. And then they, none of them, I mean, unless it's really prescribed by a doctor because you have a deficiency, maybe genetic or whatever, um, then they shouldn't really be like long term you don't survive off supplements no you bridge the gap you do it for something just to help like again I have my protein powder with me and I may use it once a week I don't use it a lot I probably should use it more than I do because there's some days I'm I, I like the day just goes by I'm like what just happened like three right. hours just went by I have no idea mm-hmm. but talking about supplements and people getting sick the one thing that I always I always hear a lot of times when someone's sick they're like oh I'm sick get some B vitamins Right, 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 right. B6, 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 B12. Those both help your immune system. It says it right on the bottom. Yeah. Well, you need to consume that before you get sick. Yeah, like, uh, okay. It's like Uh, taking a pre-workout after your workout. are (laughs) Are you deficient in B6 or B12? No? Then why are you taking it? Again, your body's only gonna use so much, like mm-hmm. we talked, about, like Brad elaborated on. You're going to excrete the excess if you don't need it. So, but you should take. I mean, I, I think taking a multivitamin, like Brad said, that typically yeah, has B6 is great. But you can't take it when you're already sick. Again, it's like I said before, it's like it's taking not a, a miracle. Pill. It's like taking a pre-workout an hour after your workout. Yeah, 
it you have to take it before the symptoms come around. Uh-huh. Or a better thing, it's like putting oil in your car after the engine blew up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it needed oil, so I just put it in. The engine's the engine's broken. Yeah. No? It, doesn't, it doesn't fix what's already broken. Great, a great analogy I like to say is it's like, like burning down the house to make a toast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, come on, people. Ah, oh, but we can't talk anymore about this because I'm just going to burn down this house to make a point. Oh, jeez. I know, right? But, no. but the, the concept of it is we always talk about be true to yourself, have your smart goals, and be smart. If you don't feel good, it's okay to rest because Listen focus on the other pillars. You just can't focus on one. You need to focus on all four. And training, your strength training, if you take a day off of strength training to focus on the other three pillars, that's okay. Yeah. Okay? It's not like you're going to lose everything that one day. But if you push yourself too far, you're going to ruin everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's my biggest thing is know when to work out and know when to work in. Anything you want to add? Listen to your body. Listen to the body. See, very simple. And to wrap this up, uh, we are working on a – I have to get the URL for Compete Every Day. Uh, it's a clothing company that's going to work with us. Oh, right. Yes. And then – we have a seminar coming December 5th mm-hmm. in Grove City, Ohio. It is open to the public, and we're going to talk about – it will be actually a live episode. <laughs> but we're going to talk about mobility, nutrition, things like that to kind of give us a better sense on how to live, work, play, train every day pain-free. Yeah, and I mean we'll be taking all the questions you have. Uh, it's scheduled from – uh, 10 a.m. to 10 to 12, but we'll be there 12, as long as we need to be there. But if, if yeah, exactly. If we, if we need to stay after another hour or so, mm-hmm. two hours, three hours, I don't care for a Q and A session. I want to really uh, just kind of help as many people as possible. You know, clear up any misconceptions mm-hmm. and um, have people walk out there with walk out of it with a, a good idea going forward uh, as far as a, a direction. Biggest things we, uh, we, I have a feeling we're going to throw a lot of information out there and hopefully we can teach some new stuff. But the idea is uh, we want to make sure that people that we encompass, we want to make sure they're, they're doing the right things that they can make sure that if they have aches or pains, they can live well. Yes. Pretty simple. And fun fact of the day goes to Dave. Which fun fact of the day? My fun fact of the day? Yes. I don't know that I have any fun fact. Man, you just put me on the spot. My fun fact of the day is Mike's a jerk because he just likes to put me on the spot. That's that's just rude. I got no facts. A fun fact of the day is that after Fallout 4 came out, in five business days, five days, I put in 75 hours into that game and I'm ashamed. That's a, not a fun fact. That's a depressing fact. It was fun. It was fun at the time. All right. Well, maybe we'll come up with a better fun fact next week. Uh, but all right. Play that funky music. We're done.